0: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on no, 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 Oh, you are no, such a no, 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 sucker! No, no. you, you are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is the Jobber Knocker
1: Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Knocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the right is a man that decided to go on top of a steel cage and do some stupid whoop, whoop, elbow drop through a table. JC. Because it's war games. So we're going to talk war games right off the bat, I guess, here, JC. Hell yeah, baby. Let's go. 2.0. So, 2.0. 2. Big in, big knife for 2.0 uh, overall, I thought, when I Absolutely. watched it. Um, where do you want to start? Well, I
0: think we should just go right in order. And okay. I, you talk about a big start for 2.0. Obviously, the... Woman that got the pin in the uh, women's war games match was Cora Jade, the young up and comer on NXT. Um, clearly, they're headed to a, her a program with Mandy, as she already has a win over Mandy in a singles competition. But you know, this match, I think it, it was a finish kind of like out of nowhere and unexpected. But I think they definitely made an effort to highlight a lot of their new talent on this card to really show that. This is a big turning point. Like, obviously, we had when 2.0 debuted and they had them all. Like, it was like, oh, wow, this is a new look NXT. But I think War Games was the big one where you really turned the page because we're going to get into some of the talent that's been there for a while. It could be their swan songs and stuff. But it really felt like the theme of the night was to highlight a lot of the new ones. And Corey Jade was first up.
1: I mean, obviously, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the dive off the top of the cage and the whole uh, shoulder spot thing. So, for me, this is the biggest take-home for me when people were watching they're like oh that was such a gnarly flip that she did off the top and it didn't look that bad to me when I watched it and replayed and replayed and replayed and watched it again Um, the one thing I will say to people like oh my god did she really separate her shoulder is somebody put it on Twitter so it's not my original thought but it made me cackle when I read it was do you think with the WWE health staff that they would let Io Shirai pop somebody's shoulder back in the socket on live TV I doubt it you know like come on guys (laughs) come on. Like I, she did a really good job. She screamed to the top of her lungs. She she sold it like a champ, you know, like this kid's only what, 21 years old. So, I mean, she's 20. I think 20? she's just turning 21 soon. So, I mean, she's got a lot of miles left in that body, hopefully. And you know, hopefully she keeps herself, you know, injury free for as long as she possibly can. But I totally get it, and I think the youth movement is a huge proponent of why NXT is different. And a lot of people have said the death of NXT is coming, and I think these people couldn't be more wrong. Because I watched watched War Games, and I was very happy with a lot of the results. I was very happy with the way that it went, and uh, I thought the right people won most of the time. And I thought it was an overall really decent pay-per-view. Yeah, and I thought this was a good way to start off. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought everyone in the match
0: got a chance to do their thing, but we're moving on to the next match, which was... Another one where we're kind of like ushering out the old and ushering in the new, obviously Imperium taking on the hodgepodge team of Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Imperium, one of the best wrestling tag teams, so it's nice to see them as champions. They do get the win, but after the match, Von Wagner does something stupid, but of course Kyle O'Reilly, who has been turned on by like every tag team buddy he's ever had, was expecting it, and he was able to get the upper hand. We have these two meeting in a steel cage match on Tuesday on NXT, um, So it could be Kyle O'Reilly's last match with WWE as it sure seems like of all the people coming up. I think he's the most likely to jump ship to AEW since his buddies are there and he's obviously teasing it with the UE symbols and I'm doing it wrong, but all over the place. So but uh, I would expect on Tuesday it'll be uh, Kyle putting big Von Wagner over in a big way. Your boy
1: everybody get on the Von Wagon. That's what I get if he's, he's saying we got to get it. it it's got to be a t-shirt get on the Von Wagon. It's odd. It's it's not it's not a thing I understand, but when I, wa- I, the match, so for me, when I was watching it, I thought, and I, and this is why I'm sure TJ and Ray, and especially you, JC will jump down my, you know, my throat about this is when I watch Imperium as like a foursome or when they were a foursome, I thought to myself. Which one is Fabian Eichner? Which one is, like, Marcel, you know, like... See, that's a you problem, man. No, 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 no. That's me. That absolutely is my fault. You used to say that about FTR. No, I know, I know. But here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. This was a coming out match for them in which I went, oh, like, they're, they're getting their stuff. Like, I was very happy to see them actually do what they had to do to win. And obviously, it's always, like, you live in the shadow of Walter, obviously, with giant caps in his name, but... I just felt like this was a really good matchup because they did a service to the Vaughn. They did service to Imperium. And Kyle, you know, what are you laughing at? You call him the Vaughn. Oh, what's changing? It's (laughs) going to a That's going to be a gimmick when he gets to the roster. The Vaughn He's going to be like a shaman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be the Vaughn. If if you listen, listen, listen. If I I could I could I could spend 10 minutes right now talking about how you make Von Wagner over but I'm <laughs> not going to do it. We're not going to do it in a future 10. episode. Absolutely. Uh, a buried episode that nobody'll ever listen to. But <laughs> Imperium did a great job where I went, "Oh, they're just not transitional champions or they're not just Walter's boys." Like I actually watched this match and I was like, "I think I might become a fan of Imperium because I felt be. and, and I thought they were so two-dimensional for so long. But the more program they got, the more the more, interpro- uh, the more interviews they got, I felt like this was a good lead up with the whole, like, the, the meta sacred, we know what we're doing. So, for me, I, I still can't tell the difference between some people and Imperium, and that's fine, that's my fault, but I still think they did a really, really great job in this matchup, and, of course, when the Vaughn turns, man, I mean, as the Vaughn turns, you know, it's just, yeah. Kyle, Kyle was ready, and honestly, I'd be shocked if, if Kyle, Kyle shouldn't stay in, in NXT because there's, not, there's literally nothing to do. The highest point he had was in the summer with Adam Cole. He was challenging with Finn Balor, having those crazy matches, and they didn't give it to him. So that, to me, was like... and That doesn't speak volumes of, like, what. But, I mean, like, if he was going to get it, that would have probably been the time to get it. There's no way with the new people, the new crop of people they have, is he going to be anywhere in that program. So do you think he's AEW, or do you think he's main roster? Oh, he's definitely AEW. AEW, all I mean, the, the, I think we agree so on that one. So, very quickly, for 30 seconds, even though we think he's a human snorebag, is, I don't know when Roddy Strong is leaving, but now the question becomes... Do you get the entire undisputed era in AEW? Do you think Roddy? Do you get the OGs? I think you get the three. I don't know if Roddy. I don't know. You never know. Obviously, his
0: wife has been working on dark. Yeah. I don't. I think she's just like moonlighting there because she's working kind of all over the world. She's had like a pretty big resurgence. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I obviously we don't know his contract status. He would make sense for them because he fits what they do, but. I don't. I think it's gonna start with the three and like with the Bucks. Whether it's they stay with the Bucks or they go against the Bucks or something, but I think it's definitely like it's you know um, Tony's got a huge chub to throw those three together because he knows his audience will mark out like crazy for that. So it's just for me, I'd be sh- I'd be absolutely stunned if it didn't happen.
1: I think that I think it, the the relevance of Undisputed Era couldn't be any bigger right now, in terms of like, hey, are they gonna do it? So I think if Roddy knew where the money was. He d- I don't think his contract's up. Though. No, I, I think you're right, no, but it's, I mean, not his, it's not his choice. You no, know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying to myself, when that contract comes up, like you better strike now because the other nobody'll care five years from now or three years. Or I don't two know. Years now. From. So diamond mind's pretty. <laughs> I can't even say what diamond mind based. is more. Diamond mine is is hidden for a reason because nobody gives a flying fuck about. There's anybody. only
0: one diamond in that mine. It's Ivy Nile, and she's the
1: rise diamond. It's gonna be a while, but I I really do like her upside. Those, so those, besides that, yeah, those those dumbass twins of the. I mean, I can't. I just. I mean, I'm sure they could kick my ass from Tim. You know here. Oh, then. they definitely would. But like I just <laughs> I look at those guys and I'm like they're literally one move away from smashing a beer can in their head. Like that's exactly what I when I watch them I just think what are these morons doing? But anyway, way too much diamond mine talk. Let's get back to N- NXT war games snip
0: snip snip Nestlemania hair versus hair match. Uh, this match was a lot of fun, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, we've uh talked about it the past year or so, whatever transitioning to huge Cameron Grimes fans, and obviously, as has the new look. It, uh, someone was going to be bald after this match, and it was uh Duke Hudson, as we expected. Cameron Grimes is just there's something about him, he's likable. The NXT crowd loves him, we enjoy him, so he was the rightful winner here. Um, Hudson. Is going to be fine whether he has hair or he's bald. This was a nice little program, despite as much I thought the poker stuff was lame. These two have good chemistry together, but uh, this might have been my problem. Maybe this was obviously like it's hard to overcome War Games matches it's a so much Match happens, of the night. to see fun happens. Yeah, this over. is for sure.
1: Yeah. It was, I, I will agree with you. I think there was no surprise here. You kind of already shaved Grimes, as we talked about. So you kind of knew the outcome of, you know, the Vink getting his head shaved or looking like, you know, the missing link. But that's fine. The issue is, Vink is a good-looking dude. I will. I refuse to call him Duke Hudson, by the way. It's, it's, it's always the oh, Vink. that's his name. No, it's not. It won't be. It'll I be mean, Vink. I mean, it is. I don't think. Duke Hudson. Put that on a poster. You think anybody's going to listen to Duke Hudson? No, but Vink. I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to put the Vink on a poster. I don't know. I don't know. I like the name Vink. It was good. Uh, but that's not, neither here nor there. However, I will say this much, J.C., I think Cameron Grimes needs to go to the main roster. I think 100%. there's no other reason to keep him around in NXT anymore. I think Vince McMahon probably looked at him, and you do a better Vince McMahon when it comes to disgusted things, but he probably looked at Cameron Grimes and he goes, who, who is this with his gross chest hair and his unkept body? You know, like he's probably like, cut this man's hair. You know, like he probably That's looked 100%. At- That was That was actually one of the reports, and it makes sense because, I mean, you look
0: at Grimes and you get it, but for, I his think his name is I,
1: Grimes, Grimey. I know. You know what he means? I know, but
0: I, th- I do understand, like, as much as I like, he is what he is, like, I 100% get Vince's mantra. This, like you said, though, I think he's in the Rumble, I think he's on Raw for 2022 at some point. It just makes a lot of sense. I could do, think he could do well on that show too, because he's the type of guy that eats up scenery. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this was, this was probably a thing to put him over the top to boost. And maybe he puts over someone in one last feud before he goes, maybe one of the top young, like heels on uh 2.0 before he uh, heads up just to give him some momentum. Maybe the guy in the next match, but uh, yeah, I think for sure Grimes is headed to the main roster to get a shot.
1: Yeah. I totally agree with you. I think that he's, he's got a lot of main roster vitality. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of length in him, and I think he's... Uh, I think he's also a Matt Hardy boy, so, you know, who knows? We'll see. He's smart, na, 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 man. He's smart na, na, na. man. Next up, Nestlemania's match of the night. Roderick Strong defending against,
0: I mean, this... My favorite gimmick in wrestling right now, Joe Gacy. Like, whenever that entrance happens, and he got the fucking peace signs and the, the soothing music, and he comes out with the fucking shit-eating grin in his face with fucking lurch behind him, I just... And there's something about it, like... It's just, it's so crazy to me. That the first time I saw it, I fucking hated it. And immediately the next week, it was my favorite thing. So this, obviously, this match was hilarious because it's the Cruiserweight Championship, they threw out the weight limit. So you really thought like, maybe Gacy's going to win this thing and retire the title because there's a lot of rumors about the title. But Roddy Strong does retain and pick up the win to uh, continue the momentum for him and his mind. But uh, to me, it's just like, I can't get enough Joe Gacy. And I find him to be so much fun.
1: It was funny when you said lurch. I had to think to myself, Mike, remember how they thought that kid was going to be the next Brock Lesnar because he looks like Brock Lesnar? And then they just shaved his head and put him in a jumpsuit and was like, here, Michael Myers, go with Joe, you know, There's Joe Gacy. Still time, that's all. No, I know, I know, I know. But I look at it and I'm like, he's going to be somebody that like doesn't do anything at NXT and then burst onto the main roster and gets a world title right away for some reason. Like that's that it looks like when you look at him, you're like, what is this guy doing? But that's beside the point. Joe Gacy for me. You've kind of talked him up an awful lot. The one thing I will say about Joe Gacy is he finds a way to make everything work. Cause and honestly, and I'm not I'm not dogging the cruiserweights, I'm not dogging Roddy Strong. Like you said, that title was dead on arrival the minute Triple H introduced it because it was just stuck. No matter what happened. I mean, we can talk about the Enzos, we can talk about Pac and all the other things that kind of made it a big deal when it was. Even, I'll even throw in uh, Austin Aries because he did a really good job too, but I just when I when they, once they got their own show, and we found out that's so, sort of kind of dead on NXT. All I could think about was imagine JC, imagine that they gave Joe Gacy the championship. He redefined it, and then that second NXT show was in vain of all of Joe Gacy's like openness and like ushering in all these young people. And, like, that to me would have been a great open door to not rehab 205, but change the name of the the logo or change the name of the show, have a different logo, have Joe Gacy be the literal ambassador of just welcoming people into NXT. I think you have so much potential with that. And, honestly, I haven't watched 205 since, you know, Anthony Green was on it. That was the only thing I reasoned I tuned in because he's a friend. But I just... I, I when I see these random 205 shows and I see like uh, someone that's clearly over 205 on the show or like I just look at it. Well, it's it's like, not a cruiserweight show anymore, right? It, but the name it's pretty much and it's as uh, a second heck, NXT yeah. show. NXT yeah. dark because nobody watches. it. Yeah. you know, it's just it is what it is, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but that's what it is. So like for me, if I could book that, if somebody asked me what I could do with it, I would take 205 and rebamf it in to make it at Joe Gacy's little like Thunderdome of acceptance. You know, it'd be great. Be great, oh man.
0: Well, WrestleMania, it is time to get to the main event, and it was officially old school versus new school. We had all the nostalgia in this, including pre match where Chomp and Gargano did their backstage glorious thing with uh Dunn and LA Knight. Um, but once we got in the rain, it was the young versus it was the new school versus the old school. You and said young, I thought you said young. I, you're you're, well, you're well, it mostly young. You're but age shaming also.
1: A, I would just like to say for the record December I mean, 7th, JC age shamer. Actual factual information
0: besides Pete Dunne, who is their age, but it was old school versus new school. Pretty much young versus old uh-huh. for the most part. Yep. Except for Pete Dunne, who's the exception that proves the rule. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Braun Breaker obviously gets the pin on Champ as we go in this match. I remember early on, like I was like half paying attention to the thread because I was doing a couple things at once and I saw you say, I'm waiting for the big kaboom. Well, we got a few of them. Uh, your boy, Grayson Waller, no. the MVP of this match. No, no. The kaboom of the week on the table with the elbow drop. Stud, Grayson Waller, is definitely fourth out of those four but he is a stud and i think he is one of the ones with the most upside we argued about this in the thread me and don versus you a little bit because you kind you know you i I feel like sometimes WrestleMania, and this isn't a slight i feel like sometimes you look at someone as a finished product immediately and you don't always project you get stuck in the moment which is fine because i think a lot of people do i for me i sometimes maybe i don't get stuck in the moment enough because i'm always looking into the future maybe that's why we clash a lot because we have two different ways that we look at things but For me, he's he literally has a little bit of everything, and I think he's one of those guys that will succeed a lot more in the main roster than this roster, but he needs to be on this roster for a while because he is pretty new to wrestling, um, so he does have to transition out of. I think he was like a kickboxer, boxer, or something before this. So let's well, see if an adrenaline junkie
1: because he said something in a promo like the WWE called me. I couldn't care less about being here, and I was like, oh, oh, oh great <laughs> well, it's kind line. of like his
0: thing. he's supposed to be this like a no, I, here, know, I know, I
1: know, I, I know. don't care about
0: you with his accent. Yeah, I see, I love the accent. Maybe you don't like the accent. No, I give love the accent.
1: I think I think accents are great. I just here's the thing about Grayson Waller, and everybody can go tell me to go to hell. I don't really give a fuck. But look, go to hell. Thank you. <laughs> you can go to hell. Um, when I look at Grayson Waller, he's got a rat face, right? So, like, that's yeah. number one. He's got a very good punchy, heel. Yeah, good heel. If they try to ever make him a baby face, that would be my issue with this. But right now, he is not technically. I think they're in this weird. He's they, a heel. He's a heel he's now. A heel. They weren't making him a heel. They were kind of, like, non-committal with it. So I, I just didn't know exactly. Like, after War Games, we'll find a little bit more where we are with him. And maybe I'll enjoy him a little bit more. I think for me, I just look at him and I think, here's, here's why I get angry. People say stuff like, oh, four people, four pillars of NXT, or the future of NXT, or the future of WWE. When I look at that, my brain goes to, and this is probably hearkening to what you said, my brain goes to future of the business or future top guy, future somebody we're gonna talk about Hall of Famer, future gonna make an impact in the business, maybe. That's that's being you know obvious, but I just when I look at Grayson Waller, JC, I look at him and I go, that guy is going to be on the main roster he's going to do maybe one great thing and get cut two years after the fact. When I look at, I'm not, I'm not saying (sighs) I don't see that when I, when I, I now, depending on whether or not he has a giant social media following, which I believe he does, that obviously speaks volumes to the WWE. However, there are other people who have incredible social media following that they just cut. So I don't, I don't look at that as being an entire reason to give somebody a lot of time. Now I like the boxing outfit. It looks kind of goofy. I get that. I, you know, the stupid to me, you, you guys can sit there and say it's a big kaboom, but when I looked at it, I was expecting more. I was so bummed that Greeny I... No, 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 no. Listen, listen. We had... Maybe it's because Undisputed Era brought it in every cage match ever. Wow, the, nothing was going to top the Adam Cole one, so... But all I could think about was... And and, and again, maybe not a reasonable expect, expectation of what I was watching, and that's fair, but... I was if there was anybody on that team that was going to do the kaboom of the week, it would have been Grayson Waller, and all he did was but dribble between the legs, elbow drop, looking you know doing the shoot whoop. But like, I, to me that looked to me, I wasn't a hate thing. I was just like, that's it. Like he barely touched. Like he he landed very safely. It was just like at least with the Cora Jade thing, I went, ooh, that got my attention. That was dangerous. Like I didn't. There was no danger whatsoever. And like for people to say, and I get it. People to say it's a viral moment. They're just putting over on commentary that Grayson Waller is a viral sensation, yada, yada. I get that. But let's be honest. He's not a viral sensation because otherwise he'd be a bigger deal. And he's not. He He just debuted like a month ago. No. No, he's been here for at least three or four months (laughs) Well, Whatever.
0: It was like a couple weeks before Halloween Havoc 2.0 started. He wasn't on the show before that. He was a new thing. He wasn't on the first couple shows. He came in he started a thing where he like... He came out, and I saw him, and he was kind of like, oh, who's this guy? He does a couple flippy-dippies, and he's athletic, and then they started the thing with LA Knight, which was kind of lame and Halloween havoc, but I thought he started to hit his stride a little bit, but this guy is going to develop into something they're going to love on the main roster because of just how fucking annoying he is. He does look and like that's a why chipmunk, he yeah. a job. He's fucking annoying, yeah. but he's athletic as fuck, so he's going to get better in the ring, and when he does, they're going to be hes gonna be able to able that annoying fuck that they can put in good matches, I'm, so he's going to have a nice career. Listen,
1: I fully expect, I'll call myself an on the carpet i fully expect in three years to be absolutely wrong and look at you and everybody else and say i was fucking wrong right now i feel pretty good about this statement he's a waste of my time
0: that is that is so bad you're a waste of no
1: he is a waste of my time he is good a waste, god, of, my time. Is a waste is, of time that
0: is that is pathetic that nope. is pathetic this is nope. not a waste of your time nope. oh my not a waste of time. god
1: yep you are an embarrassment. But can we talk about you're the rest of our games, please? Can we talk about the rest yeah. of our games? That's yeah, you're the one forward. you're the one who wanted to shit on Grayson Waller for no reason. Well, listen, he was the MVP of the match. He was not the MVP of the match. He was. You who know? was then. Seriously? Oh. Well, First Waller. off, it was Johnny Gargano and Carmelo Hayes, and then we can throw in some Braun Breaker at the end because that was awesome. That's what I would say. The three people. Grayson Waller would...
0: was the MVP. Bron Breaker had the most. What did Grayson Grayson Waller do besides everything? That he was everywhere. List. He
1: was taking. He was involved in all the spots. No, he wasn't.
0: A hater, you're an absolute hater. Nope. But I thought everyone looked good in this match. I even loved one of my favorite parts of the match was the Tony D'Angelo when he ripped out Pete Dunne's mouth guard. Yeah. And stuck it in his junk and then fucking. Broke his fucking teeth. I love that. I love the idea of a Tony D'Angelo Pete Dunn thing because I think that could be physical. And Tony D'Angelo, I think he needs to be involved in more of those physical street fighty things because in the ring, he has a little bit of work to do, but it's also his character. He's a fucking, he's a fucking thug. So I love the he's with Pete Dunn because you know who can get down
1: with thugs? Pete Dunn. That's a great feud. I love that. Setup. It is going to be down and dirty. It'll be a good time. I, I'm very excited. I like that they pieced off in, in their own ways. Like they went back to the feuds and kind of what they were doing. So, you know, Johnny Gargano is kind of like, not there, we'll find out, I guess, but Yeah, what's he gonna reveal on Tuesday? What do you think? I, I think he's gonna pull a swerve on a lot of people. I don't I don't see him leaving WWE. I Yeah, he's gonna win the Royal Rumble. No, stop. Just stop. He's not gonna win the Royal Rumble. No fucking way. No way. Clip that for later. This year's two thousand and twenty two rumble, he is not gonna win. You never know. I doubt it. I never highly know. doubt it. You never know you have insider information, J.C.? No, I just think that would be a really cool thing. I don't yeah, think that would either.
0: I think it would be awesome. All right, well, I whatever. think, honestly, if he stays in WWE, I think he could have a huge show in the Rumble. Maybe he'd be coming at fucking one or two and last the whole time, and, like, you really think, and you'll, they'll get the crowd reaction and be like, holy shit, we do have something here, especially now with Daniel Bryan. Now, you need kind of, like, that amazing wrestler guy that the fans always love that you can use in a pinch. I think Johnny Gargano can take that spot and succeed in it because he's proven that... With the way and everything that he has, the chops in terms of charisma to be a plug and play, and I think he would be one of the most valuable pieces they could have to use as anywhere. Like Dan O'Brien was, he was so valuable because he was a plug and play. No matter what he did, it was good. No matter what he did, he was over. I think Johnny Gar- Gargano can fill that role. Really do,
1: legit. I think so. TJ
0: check out his article on Jabbernaka.com? By the way.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Go over to Jabberknocker.com. TJ wrote a pen. uh, Thank you. uh, A love letter to Johnny Gargano, which was very sweet. Um, Anything else you'd like to add about war games? Um, No. One out of ten. What is it? 7.5. I really liked it. I'd say seven. That's fair. That's fair. I think you know, it, it's not. I, really, the best I thought it was a really
0: it. fun show. And obviously, it was hard, like you said, undisputed era. Like that bar that they set was never going to be reached, especially by when you have in both of these matches a lot of people who a have never done that, and a lot of newer people to everything. Whereas like the undisputed era, you talk about their acolytes and their experience. Um, but I thought the rest of the lot, the other matches were all very good.
1: So I thought it was a very fun show. Like, all right, now it's time to get into the shine. Uh, everybody's in the shine, apparently. We'll see if that happens here. But uh, a lot of good, I thought, this week on uh, WWE yes. programming specifically.
0: I agree. And you know what? We were all looking forward to one thing, WrestleMania, and that was the main event of Raw. That was Liv finally getting her opportunity. The biggest match of her career. I think probably the only time she's had a one-on-one match in the main event. And you could tell she was soaking it in. And we we're all happy for her, but... Like we told you last week, by hook or by crook, some way Becky was going to retain here, but they would probably leave it open-ended, so we'd get a rematch at day one, and that's kind of how it played out. Uh, Becky used the rope, much like she has done several times in her reign here, to pin Liv and retain her Raw Women's
1: Championship. I thought this was incredible. I thought the entire night they kept building it, building it, building it, and then right before they aired that package where it was... You know, I grew up from nothing, and my mom had to work. Oh. This is all I wanted. I, I, said, I think I texted in the thread, like, oh, this is a uh, I'm-gonna-win package. And they surprised me with the with the roll-up and the win, and I went, thank God she lost. Because for me, plain and simple, Liv Morgan's not ready yet. So what they did for me, what well, I thought the WWE should be applauded for, really, was I haven't cared about Liv Morgan. Like, I'm not saying she's not good. I'm not saying... She doesn't have a place or that she shouldn't be champion. That's not what I'm saying. I say, from a visceral emotional standpoint, for me, she has not tugged on my heart cords until last night, Monday night. So I went, oh, maybe I do want to see her win. But then they took it away from me. So that made me go, fuck, they're good at their jobs. Because now I fucking care. So for anybody out there that says that Liv Morgan should be WWE champion or whatever, or WWE women's champion on Raw, no, not yet. Like, let's pump the brakes. For me, this is an additional hope. I don't want to see them run it back at day one. I want to see her make her go all the way back. I want Liv to legitimately, legitimately win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania. I think because then you build the climb. If you go too quickly with this, it's still going to fall flat. I think Memphis did a shit job with the crowd reactions in general on Monday. And I, I think, as somebody said, maybe they called an audible. I doubt that. The high crowd there. sucks, but oh, that, but God. like, you need you. It, it, so here's the thing: I don't care about Liv Morgan from my emotional standpoint. I need to right. So for me to enjoy that climb, to enjoy that story, she's already had it. You know, like to me, this is still like an introduction to her. By the time we get to WrestleMania, I think we're gonna have enough time. I think this, this is the time to pull it. This is what we talk about all the time: to properly build a baby face you need to do things like this
0: because there are a lot of us who have been all in unlived for a long time and we've been ready for and ready for it. But then there are people like you who are kind of on the fence and like, well, yeah, she's a cool story, but I don't know uh, yet, but this is at least like, cause I see a lot of people being like, oh man, she made it here. And then she lost. Is that it? It's like, no, 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 no. That's how you build a baby face, is you put obstacles in front of them and you have them fail. This was her first title match. This was her first main event one-on-one match on Raw. She's facing Becky Lynch. This was literally like a go out there, show us what you got. Show us that you can hang. And I think for the most part, she did that. Obviously, I agree. I don't think this was a time for her to become champion. I don't even really like day one for her to become champion, but I think she is going to get that shot. And I think she's going to lose again by some way. And then, yeah, she's going to have to turn to the Royal rumble and win that to become champion. I think the story makes a ton of sense. I think it would be an awesome moment. I think that a Royal rumble type crowd would really fucking make it special because of people that go to that and are going to all be live fans. I think that'll be amazing. It'll build it. And then she'll get the shot at WrestleMania. Yeah. And maybe that's when they pull the trigger sure. and she starts a championship run. Who knows how long it could be, but i think that we're getting closer to her time she's someone that we've seen grow from nxt where she was just kind of there she was in that jersey gimmick with the yo yo song that used to crack me up with the backwards hat and the like fluorescent lime green gear and she was always just kind of like lurking there in nxt she got called up with the riot squad was never a focal point never won a title but it's just she's always been someone there that she hasn't stopped working and You can tell by her peers support her and they're excited for her. But this was this, like you said, this is the beginning of it because this was her first real opportunity in a big spot. Nobody wins in their first big opportunity in a big spot. There's a few exceptions, obviously, like Sheamus out of nowhere. But for the most part, no, she's been here a while, but this is her first big spot. She wasn't going to win it here. This was a chance. I think you even said it like pretty well. I think to you get your feet wet, show us what you got. Throw you in the fire. Like, show, show us that you can, Hayden. Hey? I think, for like I said, the most part she did. She definitely still has some room to grow, but you know she's going to work in it. But I do think we got the rematch at day one some way Becky's going to retain with some schmage. She's going to have to enter the rumble and then we'll see if they're truly going to commit to her by having her win it or if they go another direction. So I think this is just the beginning of Liv's story to getting to where she wants to
1: be. I would even go as further JC to, to piggyback of what I just said earlier. If she doesn't win the Royal rumble, get her down to the final two and then have her lose. Then you're like, ah, yeah. then you can just keep, you keep, you know what I do do, yeah.
0: man. You can always just keep building them. Yeah, That's what you've when seen you, it time and time again. Think of all your favorite moments in wrestling. They're great. Baby face builds. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, Kofi, like go through all of it. Of all these people getting screwed, it's, yeah. they can do it with live. Honestly, like I,
1: I I don't, I don't mean this in any derogatory or, or shameful way possible, but I just don't feel like she's eaten enough shit yet. Like she's like, she's done a, enough but like for me, like I think if you pile more shit on her, she's gonna come up even higher and get more of a groundswell. So like I'm not saying we're gonna bury her. I'm not saying don't don't do that. Obviously. No, you gotta screw her a little but bit. You gotta screw the baby face. You gotta you gotta, you gotta, you, face, you, gotta, you, gotta you, you gotta piss people off. You gotta get to a point where I'm gonna care that they pissed her off. You know what I mean? Like or or that like I feel that like, yeah, that's our girl. Like that's our woman. Like she's yeah. gonna go do it, you know? And so like and I don't think here's the other thing too. Like Becky Lynch needs to make a commitment to being a complete shithead. Yes, she needs uh, to. Make that a was commitment. another point. I'm glad you brought that up. She I'm glad to... you
0: brought that up. Good. Oh no, I was just gonna say because that's for me. Like, yeah, the Memphis crowd was shit all night. Yeah. But for me, when I watch a match like that and people being like, "Oh, the crowd isn't reacting to live," it's like, no, 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 no. To me, in those situations, especially when you have a new person that you're trying to build, it's on the other person to help them, especially if they're the freaking heel. It's Becky's job to get that crowd. I think it says more about Becky Lynch that the crowd wasn't reacting to a match by one of the biggest stars they have, who's a mega heel, which as a heel, your job is to piss off the crowd to get a ground swelling for the babyface face who's you're trying to build, who's not there yet. So to me, I think it's more about Becky and I'm sure Becky's gonna, but I think it's a lot of because like you said, they teeter tot, yeah. they don't commit with her because they love. They know that people are going to love her no matter what. But you, you, you got to like just embrace it. Like Kevin Owens, well, since he's turned heel, has embraced it and nothing but a complete and total dick. Right. Becky's been kind of tweening. She needs to go all in if they're going to make this lift. Right. High.
1: And honestly, it's about Becky's commitment <clears throat> because if she doesn't make a commitment to this, then she's she's the reason Liv Morgan will not get to where she needs to be. That's how I. So feel. maybe Liv wins the Rumble and faces Charlotte. because Maybe. Charlotte would do honestly, a better job. I think honestly, I think you're right because I think doing that. Charlotte would, make would do a, a better job. Charlotte would do yeah. a better job being a dick. Not, not, well, yep. you know, like a, you know, shitty human being, but <laughs> it will on camera anyway, but here's what this uh, real quickly, and not to harp on the B- Becky Lynch thing, but you know, I, I really didn't notice it until it was, you know, pressure cooker situation. She ignores the crowd. Like now that she's supposedly a bad guy, like she doesn't like for me, when I watch Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. He jaws with the crowd. He's like, I'm fucking with you, boy. You know, like he does all that stuff. I need I need not exactly, but I need something like that from from when I'm watching I almost said Ronda Rousey. I'm <laughs> when I'm watching Becky Lynch because I just I'm looking at it and I'm like, she completely ignores the crowd now that she's not. Come on, guys, get behind me. Which to me spoke to what happened last night on Monday because it didn't make any sense. Becky Lynch needs to jaw jack with the crowd. They need to commit. You can still be the biggest star in the company, Roman Reigns, and still push merchandise, still be the poster child. Becky Lynch can do that exact same thing. It's it's right there. The formula is literally staring them in the face. You just have to do it because Becky Lynch's job is to get the crowd to boo her and cheer somebody else. And I, I hate I hate the narrative of, well, at least they're loud. I always hate that because yes to an extent I understand that but in this case as we just talked about by not being committal with this you are going to stop someone's potential growth that's all I, I agree want to say. so that's why no, I, I agree to- I agree all right <clears throat> let's move on let's move on what else did you enjoy Um, the
0: RK Broniment, because (laughs) first of all, those blazers were super hot fire. And it's just one of those things. I think we kind of, but last week or the week before we said RK Bros kind of back after they were just kind of like simmering on the back burner. Like they literally did nothing with them. They get like one segment, it would be great, but they're back to being like one of the focal points of the show. And this show had so much riddle. And it was fucking hilarious every time. Him doing those fucking interviews after the match, first of all, interviewing the losers, holding the earpiece (laughs) the entire time. And the best part is when he asked the question, he would keep the mic on him. And you saw when he was doing it to AJ, AJ was just kind of looking at him like, are you going to put the mic in my face? But it was just like, there's just Riddle Man. like it's, there's something about him, man. He has had such a good year. I think we kind of like, forgot about how good it really has been with him because of like the little like after SummerSlam the kind of like just like treading water they did after they won the titles. I think we forgot how fucking amazing he's been this year and how he has been the MVP of Raw I think for the most part all the way through and how fucking great he is but just the Orton like just being annoyed with it but also putting on the blazer and taking off and then refusing to go out for the second one. It's just like everything about them is so good. I love the branding of the tournament. We love tournaments and wrestling so I thought that was a cool way to do this to kind of show off have a little bit of depth in this division, but everything Riddle did this week was a fucking perfect 10.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't really have much to say about the actual thing, because you kind of hit all the positive points about it, but I will say when I watched this, I thought Riddle is going to be such... If he keeps going the way he is, he could potentially be the the biggest baby face I think they've had since Daniel Bryan. If they do it correctly. There's something about him where he knows how to get sympathy. He can kick your ass. He's like a Kurt Angle, like in a, in a way, not exactly, but like he does when have that goofiness. He's got that goofiness yes, level. Yeah, got goofy. But, but like he, but he can be the cowboy, like you know, and then like he can go over and break your, you know, your face. And I think he, cause he goes so far down one hallway and then you know comes back the other way and is like, oh yeah, I forget that I can kick your ass. I just. Those people always succeed because they're just expanding their mind. They're expanding, doing different things. And he hammed it up so great with that whole segment. And we're kind of not talking about the lead, I thought, which was that Omos and AJ are kind of on the outs or we're questioning it. I assume, mm-hmm. you know, well, they'll get back together because WWE likes to, to test it. You right, know, baby, you know, but I, I, I appreciated it. I thought AJ did a great job not snickering turn, during that last promo because, it could have been a lot worse. And then, of course, I I loved that Gable just didn't, like, know how to react to it. And then, you know, Otis just ate him. You know what I mean? Like, I just love that. Because it was just like, again, he could kill Otis probably, right? But he went out of his way to make that guy look good. And Otis, if you notice in that matchup with Mysterios, Otis and and Ray didn't even get in that match. It was a one-on-one match. Yeah, that, to me, I'm glad you brought that up. Because that's one other thing I wanted to say
0: is... I feel like they needed to give Dom something because he hasn't they ha- he hasn't done anything but like look like an idiot for a while mainly because of booking but also like he's had some rough moments in the rain but I think this would be like you know what we're gonna have a tag match you're gonna advance and you're only gonna face Chad Gable and you're gonna look like a million bucks and I thought he did so I thought it was that was effective because you know people were kind of tra- been trashing the mysterios recently and like thinking that they weren't like a legit thing it's like no no I think you people forgot what that name is and what it means and who they are so I think this week was kind of like you know what we gotta give Dom a little bit back. Gable's gonna do it. So yeah, I thought I'm glad you brought that up because that was an interesting thing that those guys did never tag in. It was essentially Dom beat Gable one-on-one. And I I did I liked the way they did that. And Riddle obviously went out of his way to say that's who we wanted to face. I love again, another thing he did. Randy and I are kind of like a father-son too. <laughs> except we're not really. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: what? You know that they're all sitting there going, This guy is gold. He's like oh, you, he's say what so you want good. about the personal human being, whatever. Like we don't have to agree with that. But in terms of like just what's when the red light's on. You can't deny it. You just can't he's deny amazing. it. He's just, yeah. he's just fucking good. I want to bring up, uh, we haven't talked a lot about SmackDown. Yeah, we can go there. Brock Lesnar mm. surprised the fuck out of me. Because mm. I thought to myself, I'm like, oh my God, Sami Zayn's out there. Okay. Mm. Like, he's having a moment. And I, I thought this was like, this was a moment I ate. Like, I had a little bit. I put it in the fridge for for leftovers and because I wanted a little after. Like, it was, to me, Brock and Sami, I'm sorry we got this far into the program without talking about it. To me, that was gold. Like, there's no other way to describe it. And the fact that, like, yeah, Brock Lesnar forced him into the match was very Brock Lesnar-like. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that guy could force anybody pretty much to do whatever he wants because he's Brock Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar. You know, so it made logical sense. It works perfectly. It doesn't take away anything from Sami Zayn whatsoever. And I think, it, like we've talked about, that character might be bulletproof in terms of he always smells better. Whatever he does. He just he just looks and does things better. And then, of course, like the backstage segment where he's trying to weasel out of it and Brock was right there. That was great, too. You know, just having Brock Lesnar be annoyed by him by the end of the night and then Roman Reigns picks up the pieces. I love that, too. Of course, we had 45 commercial breaks to get there because, uh, you know, Roman and and, uh, and uh, Brock couldn't technically touch or whatever. But I thought, overall, it, it was so great for a one-off or a two-off, I guess you could say, that I... I sat there and I appreciated Brock Lesnar because I couldn't remember. I'm like, I know Brock Lesnar is a giving human being. I know that he can do everything in the ring when he wants to sell. He's, he could be the best worker of all time if he really wanted to. You mm-hmm. know, He's clearly motivated by money and who shouldn't be. But when I watched that promo, the first promo back, I went, he didn't stutter. He didn't get nervous. He had fun. He was being himself. It was just authentic. And I thought, I don't think he needs Heyman. I think he can do it. I think he can do whatever he needs to do in this in this version of himself, make his money and do his thing. I think it was perfect. Can I suck Brock's dick for a minute? I mean, you Seriously. can. Because so, here's
0: the thing about Brock. He, yeah, like, I feel like he's an easy thing to pick on because he kind of shows up, does what he wants, whatever. But I don't think Brock gets enough credit for just understanding everything that goes on. He just like... He just, I, I can, he, I'm, I can tell you, he was, it might not seem like it, but I think he watches things, and I think he's been watching the show before he's come back and seen Sami Zayn, and he probably went up to Vince and was like, "Let me work with that guy for an entire fucking night," because we've seen it before with him, where he comes back and he kind of works with like the hottest like side act going on, like we've seen him do segments with Our Truth that were absolute gold, and these guys where you can tell like he's watching, and he's like. I, I want to I do something with that because I think I can do something great. And he does, he pulls it off. And like you said, like he doesn't need Heyman anymore. But I thought this was a really good. It was threaded throughout the night. Sammy's been on fire. You had Brock right in the mix of it. Sammy getting decimated by Brock and then Roman, like you said, picking up the pieces. Fits that character perfectly. We say it every week. No matter what happens, it doesn't fucking matter. Conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. It's still going, it's even bigger now. So Sammy, at some point, he will get a shot against Roman. Maybe it's that pay-per-view in between the Rumble and Mania or something. I think that could be a really fun way to put it because you could just have a great wrestling match. People will care even though they know Roman will win. But I just, again, it's just everything about this made sense. It was so good. And like, you, like you said, most weeks, I think this would have led the shine. But obviously we're a week where we have war games and we have the big lifting we're looking forward to. It, it did kind of get dropped a little bit, but this was incredible. And it was great. I thought SmackDown overall was great
1: this week. But this by far was the focal point and it was the best part of it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. There were there were a lot of good things, but I just thought this one was just far and away just so much more fun for me to, to really enjoy. Is there anything else you want to talk about that was uh, shiny? Yeah, Corbin's outfit was absolutely super hot fire. Is that a like romper? That they,
0: Is that a romper? I don't know, but I fucking loved it. It was great. Corbin pulled it off, and uh, WrestleMania, I don't think I say this enough, but... Mad Cat Moss is a fucking gift, man. I don't like. I don't like people making the joke like he literally kept his job because he laughed in front of Vince once, and now he just sits about there and laughs. Yeah, it's great. But the corny jokes are so fucking corny, and their reactions to it are so good, man. This guy, like, you can drop the perfect sidekick, and it might not be as good as Mad Cat Moss has been for Corbin. Like, as cringy as it can be, sometimes. It's supposed to be like that. It is. And these guys, like, they're just, it's just fun. It's something different. Like, as I love the other character way more than this happy Corbin, but this is the way it had to go. But having Mad Cat Mouse with him makes it a lot better. So shout out Mad Cat Moss.
1: I just had to get that in. No, I I just, I totally agree with you. Excuse me. Uh, And the other thing that I saw on Twitter, it wasn't my original thought either, but this made, this it made me a lot of sense. Like we can talk about happy, uh, you know, happy talk and all this other stuff that they do, but whatever. But well, the one thing that made me really chuckle was like someone should make him change the end of days to happy ending because that be, that was a great tweet. I'm sorry I don't have your handle but god that was fucking like it makes sense for the character in general but obviously I don't think they've even used end of days it seems since he's been happy but it's it's using gr- it a few
0: times when he's actually won matches. He doesn't use it when he loses. Oh yeah, he doesn't use it. No one's ever kicked out. No one if ever. If you won. don't use it, do you lose it? Exactly.
1: Anyway. Exactly. Uh what else did you like? Anything else?
0: I just want to shout out a couple good wrestling matches this week uh, before we get out. We don't have to get deep in them, but I really like Bianca and Dewdrop And I really like Sasha and Shayna this week. I thought they were solid TV matches. This is the kind of stuff I'm looking for when you have those three hours and two hours is kind of like let shine like Shayna and Dewdrop are two people that haven't been in longer matches and you put them with some good dance partners. And I thought they were both really good this week.
1: I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I don't think I have anything else that I think that was super super positive because I was trying to think to myself as I'm looking. The only thing I would say is, and maybe this this is a good teeter totter for you and I is the Miz and Edge. Hmm. Are you for it? Are you against it? Oh, I'm, to... all it. Okay. I'm all in on it. Okay. All in on
0: this segment. This segment didn't do a lot this week because obviously last week yeah, they blew it, the roof off, and this is yeah. more of just like it's a maintenance week. This this was to get us a match. It was yeah. to get the match booked. Um, this uh, week. at so January think... one. <laughs> Yes, so I think like classic. There's gonna the best is still yet to come. I think between these two, but
1: this was literally like we already have a lot going on. Yep, let's just get that face off, and we got it. So it is what it was. I've, I there are a lot of parallels to the both of these gentlemen. I think them being wrestling dads is, is an important thing as well. I think having Beth and the daughters too, right? They both have they two both daughters. they all have, uh, yes, you're right. They all they have two daughters apiece. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of parallels. Both of their wives are wrestlers. You know, like you can, there are a lot of parallels you can draw up for this. I uh, Here's the thing. I like when Edge has these longer feuds. I think these one-offs are kind of like, eh. Um, so I can get, you know, sink your teeth into it a little bit longer. But I watched this promo. I'll say I'll put it in the heat for now. I mean, like, there were, I, we liked it. Psh, yes, now we're into the heat. This is more of a transitional piece than anything else. I watched this and I went, every time. That edge is on my TV, I think. Does Vince just decide to throw the script out the window? Like, does timing not matter in a three hour raw at at that point? Because I was sitting here going, I really like this. And then all of a sudden, about five minutes in, I went, get to the fucking point. Just fucking say yes, we're gonna we're gonna wrestle. Like, yes, the Miz fell, which was the great, you know, exclamation point to the promo. That's that was wonderful that not a lot of people would commit to it, because I don't want to bury that point. The Miz does a great job of showing his ass because that's what keeps him around and he does a great job at it probably the best to do it but there was a point in that middle of that promo JC that I went why why are we bringing this up like what like why you know it's just like if if edge could be confined to me like honestly if he could confine his responses to like two minutes and the other person could talk to two minutes we have a good five minute segment that's not a, that's a non-wrestling segment I'd be okay with it. But these long-winded things, I just, I get to a point where I'm just, I'm exhausted by it.
0: That is the negative with Edge, if there is a negative with Edge. Because I think for the most part, he has been immaculate um, since he started the stuff stuff all the way through to now. But yeah, no, it's always been, because even when he had like those backstage promos that people loved, and I think they were really good, they were always too fucking long. Edge is always, he has that little bit of Triple H in him, as I like to call it, where it's just like, sometimes he just, Just stop. You just you had something good, and then you just yeah you squeezed all the milk out. Now you're still squeezing. There's nothing in there, so so what's the point? So you're hurting others. I I get it. Yeah. So it's definitely that's definitely the knock on it. It didn't bother me as much this week, but if he continues to do that, um, sometimes less is more. I do agree.
1: And if he brings up his fucking shoes, you know that's great. (laughs) I laughed at that. (laughs) Like my Jordan threes. I'm like, dude, you're like 50 years old. You're not cool. Rich people brags, baby. Like, come on, stop. Just stop. Um, there's a lot to to piss through if you want me to go piss through it, but it is what it is. Uh, it. Raiders and Lotharios, jobber alert, because who fucking cares about that? Lothario's type. getting that push-push, baby. Yeah, push right out the fucking door, I'm sure. Oh,
0: nah, man, they're getting that. Vince Vince likes something.
1: There's something about these types of teams that Vince like really loves. They're going to get a shot. You think so? I really do. Danny Grimwood's favorite wrestler, and I mean wrestler, not uh, authority figure, Sonya Deville, will say, when I'm wearing a suit, you can't touch me, but I will face you eventually, yada, 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 probably at day one, or who knows, but at this point... Next week, it's booked, allegedly, allegedly, again. Yeah, well, will they, won't they, right? Can they do They it? won't. Who They'll find a, a way. Fight? Moving over, uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll stick to the to the quick things, and then we can get back to the other things that are pretty heady. Uh, Nikki Cross loses again in, in fast fashion, job Alert style, and uh, gets trampled backstage by a fan or whatever because she wants an autograph of Jerry Lawler, that piece. Of- Biggest
0: yeah. heat of the week for me right there. You hit it. That was the worst backstage segment in a very long time. I don't think it benefited everyone. Well, they, were I in know I, they
1: were in Memphis.
0: I know, I know. But I understand what they're trying to do with Nikki, but this one was just like... What are we doing? Oh, I don't know.
1: I, I just, it just this one was cringe. It was bad. it was not it was get not it off my TV, Nestle Man. Get it off my TV, get it off my TV. I'm trying to think of anything else that was quick job or alert. Uh no, I don't think there's anything else here. Although Finn Balor and T-Bar had a decent match, and of course Austin Theory comes in and and you know impresses Vince McMahon, I guess, somehow, some way. Whatever. Uh, at least I'm excited for Finn in, in Theory, though. I guess that's a, a That'll positive. be a banner. I think the other thing, too, is that Finn Balor, we talked about, has not just been treading water. He's been on, like, literally, like, the Lazy River. Like, I don't even he's know. He's the jobber to the stars,
0: man. He's the jobber to the stars right so, now. And like we, I've said every week, all the stars on Rob, besides Biggie or Heels. Once again, Austin Theory, one of the top heels on the brand. So, that's who Finn's working with. Yeah, that's I've, just the spot he's in.
1: I, I looked at this segment this with, the, with McMahon and Theory, and I'm like, obviously, camera time with Vince is important. I understand that. But, like, I felt like the promo was lost on him, and lost on the, the audience because the way Vince talks and double talks and like talks himself into a circle very quickly. Like I know he's trying to confuse him, but I think in the process he confused the audience. So for me, I went, mm, I don't know about that one. Um, but again, I don't want to hark too much on it, but I think there are other things that are heady that we should probably really talk about. There's one on SmackDown for, I'm sure you and I, but there's also the steel cage. There's also, um, you know, for me, priest and rude, but, You know, let's talk about it. Let's start. So here's the thing. There's my biggest issue with this in general was you have an
0: open challenge and you don't show the person answering the open challenge on TV. You come back from break and poor bubble wrap. Bobby Roode is already in the ring for an open challenge. Like, are you kidding me? Now, I will say to their credit, they gave them a full length match. And I thought Rude looked good in the match. It was a good little match. I enjoyed it. It was a good wrestling exhibition. The right man won in Damian Priest. So it was what it was. But it was just like, come on, man. But then, of course, I know what you want to get into because our boy Dom is, is a big Bobby Rude guy. And I will say he was, he was a big deal in TNA. I do agree with him that he was a big deal in NXT. Yes, the entrance was incredible. And that was part of the reason he was in that spot. But I thought Bobby Rude's NXT run was great. Since that run, though, as champion NXT... He really hasn't done much. I think he might've had a couple mid card titles. He had a fricking uh taint tickler there on his nose for a little while. Uh, so he just, uh, besides that, I mean, he's been a dirty dog and he hasn't done much. He's uh, you know, he was, uh, I think uh, in a dog food match uh, with Roman and Corbin. And besides that, just like, so yeah, I think um, since NXT, I w- agree with you, but I do agree with Dom that Stop. he was a big deal in NXT. That thought steam was amazing but the theme is part of the experience, and he was also very good in NXT because he was coming off being that dominant top guy in TNA, so he felt like a big deal, and he was a big deal. He isn't really now.
1: (sighs) I I was doing this with my head on the microphone because it really just bothers me that Dom... This is Dom's, like, hill to die on, I guess. But, no, like, we call him Bobby Bubble Rap for a reason. That was, like, two years ago, I feel like we called him that. was good, Uh, But... (laughs) The last you know, time he was on TV. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, everybody, and I, I sit there and I, I almost, like, vomit when Eric Bischoff says, I don't understand why Bobby Roode's not a world champion in WWE. He said it on his podcast, and I went, is he fucking stoned? Like, of course he's not a world champion. The guy that, people leave their seats when he's wrestling. I'm not saying, like, he's bad. I'm just saying the crowd doesn't care. Like, I was more excited that Dolph Ziggler and, and Damian Priest is going to happen than actually watching Bobby Roode and Damian Priest. And here's the other thing, too. That whole match, there was no reason for Damian Priest to get angry. So you're like doing a disservice to the, like, you had one job to do to the entire character. Not one point did I, did I see Damian Priest lose his fucking cool. Like, I went, ugh. Like, for me, Bobby is like, a replacement quarterback. He's not going to win you a game. He's not going to lose you. He's Matt Castle. He's not going to win you or lose you a game. He's going to keep you the steady course. That's all he is. He's somebody in case you need to tread water and get to the next segment. He is a bridge. He is not somebody you build. I'm sorry, Dom. He's just not. He does. Not aim. anymore, for sure. He's he's like just like, as much as we love Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler knows his role, and he does it really well. He understands it. But Bob is on the back nine of his career, and yeah, he gets flashes of things. You're like, oh yeah, he's really fucking good. I remember that. But consistency, he's he's just not what they're looking for. He's just not. And anybody that is saying that, I'm sorry, Dom, you're just wrong. You're just you're just wrong because there are so many more amazing people that deserve an opportunity before Bobby Roode does. And he's had his opportunities, and it hasn't really done anything. He was Shinsuke Nakamura before Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, he got. I a, do agree with you all know, that. You know what I mean? Like he got a title. Nobody did anything. He was all pop and and all pop and circumstance. He was he literally is all sizzle, no steak. In the ring, he's a mechanic, but that doesn't mean he gets a reaction. So let's end it. Let's end this for good. No more bubble wrap. Never gonna. I talk thought about you did. I do. I will say the best point you made is that
0: he's a guy that will have a job there forever if he wants to because he's a good worker. He's a plug-and-play guy. He's valuable. You can use him in any way. You put him out there, and he will succeed. There's WWE has tons of those guys, and those are the guys, people I think will get lost, and they're like, man, this person's really disappointed. It's like, no, no, no. This is what they are. They had a chance in the top spot. They probably had it. They've been mid-card champions. They've been in the spotlight at some point in their career, but it's just they are what they are. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very good career to be in a spot like a Robert Rude, Bobby Rude, Bubble Rap Rude, whatever you want to call him, mustache guy, whatever you want to call him. That's a great career. That is a very good career. And so I don't understand, like, people are getting mad. It's like, oh, he isn't a multi-time world champion. He sucks. Not many people fucking get there. There's a reason why those titles are prestigious, but it just—he's—he's he's been in the spots. He's been in the main event. He's been kin of the mid card. He's done. He's done it all, and that's a very good career. And he's in the spot where he should be right now.
1: We can talk about a steel cage match if you really give a shit, but I—I no nope. I okay. He walked, he, 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 they, he walked out the
0: door. my him. thing: was, I'll give him a chance to WWE because every now and then they can have good steel cage matches. There's been a few. That, I think there was one earlier this year that I actually was okay with. But if you end a match with someone walking out a fucking door after you make me believe that these two would fucking slug it out and kill each other, what all they to do is not only do they not have to open the door because the fucking ref literally opens it. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's an on Get it out of my face. I literally, I got to Raw late, but I saw people tweeting about how he walked up the door. I'm like, oh, I don't need to waste my time then. So you know what the first half hour of Raw got after the promos? 32 acts. Waste of my time. Don't give a fuck. Get out of my face. It was an
1: exhibition anyways. Blah, blah. Get out. But JC, he couldn't pin a contender going into the paper, Fuck off.
0: Get out of here. Climb out of the cage then. Like, the, like it was designed. You climb out, both he, feet hit the floor. That's how you should fucking win if it isn't by pinner submission. Not to walk out of a goddamn door. The ref is holding for you like a fucking valet. Get out of here.
1: Mm. Yeah, I just knew how I it was gonna it. grind your gears. It's like you're it's the playing.
0: number one thing in wrestling. I hate. I hate it. I despise it. It's disgusting. It's the one thing I would change if I was in charge. Fair enough. Then they could fire me. I'd change that. They could fire
1: me. I'd be happy. Okay. I doubt that that's gonna be the only thing that you would change, but that's fine. Oh, um, Absolutely, but number uh, one, I just wanna, I just wanna point out. Tony Storm pied, uh, you know, Charlotte in the face.
0: Yeah, so you're going to walk back your criticism
1: last week? No, I'm going to say. They did did what you wanted to do. You were impatient. You were impatient. Hold on. on. You were impatient. You You won it all at once. They made you wait. As I I look at it to the scoreboard, baby, there's two pies to one. Until I get two pies, if she does not an additional pie, I will walk it back. But if she does not get an additional pie, it's not going to walk it back.
0: You know what they say? You're only as good as your last pie. So, well, edge to Tony.
1: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I do like pie. Yeah, we all anyway, do. Uh, but no, I just want to say the point. Like, I said it last week. See? Doesn't it feel better when Tony's pieing somebody else? So, yes, you are you are correct in that aspect of I, I should walk it back, but I won't. However, two pies to one. If there's two pies to two pies or even three pies, I'll walk it back. It's nonsensical. I understand. You're looking at me like no, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's pie, man. It's I think they just... Is what it is. It I would assume now 1. we're gonna
0: move on from the pie to maybe the more meat of the feud, oh, but we'll geez. you never you never know. A meat pie, yeah. We're I going know. we're going the opposite way in terms of feud. We started in the dessert. Now we're getting to the main course. Yeah, a crescendo. You
1: know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or deconstruct. <laughs> what did you write that one time? Deacon, Whatever. The opposite. Oh of the yeah, crescendo? yeah, I wrote something out Q and they yeah. flipped out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's all <laughs> the heat I, I can. That. All the heat I can deal with at this point. So, would you like to get hopeful? Glad-
0: you are my only hope in WrestleMania. I'm going to AEW for Ooh. my hope this week because, as you know, uh, I believe this winter is coming. Is that what it's branded it it as? Winter is when coming. Daniel Bryan challenges Adam Handman Page for the AEW championship. You call him
1: Daniel Bryan, good for you.
0: I know. Fuck Brian Danielson. I'm. Pre- I've been the one who's been really good about it. You've been the one who's been struggling. I know. But so I literally, I purposely write in my notes just Brian because then I'm right either yeah. way. But I obviously, whatever, but he, Brian Danielson will face Hayman page. And obviously, you know, it's one of those things. Like if Hayman loses, it's like, Holy shit, man, but I could see them doing it. I don't think they will, but I could see it. But part one of my hope is that Brian does lose to Hayman, And I want it to be a clean definitive win for Hayman Cause you know what? Everyone has to lose sometimes. This is a good chance for Brian to really just get that first loss out there, lose to the top guy in the promotion in a great match and really put him over and start off his title reign greatly and then brian danielson can move on to other things and some at some point it's going to be a few with kenny omega but as we know omega is very banged up right now so what is something we can do with brian danielson in the short time that will be special well the run that he's on really feels like he's a walking championship and he's a championship brain they have another singles championship in AEW, and that's the tnt title i don't know if you've seen some of the stuff that goes on but brian danielson is not a fan of vlogs in particular sammy guevara's vlogs so guess what i want WrestleMania? after he loses to hayman well you know what he'll still be high in the rankings because he hasn't lost he can beat a few chimps to buff up those stats a little bit and then or maybe it's just an open challenge because those ratings don't matter we just saw your boy uh, premier athlete tony niece challenge for it um, after a couple wins on dark so you know, maybe it's an open challenge, and Brian Danielson answers it and takes Vlog Boy and fucking puts him to sleep. And Brian Danielson becomes the new TNT champion. Because here's the thing Brian Danielson said at some point he's gonna take a break and maybe do like a Japan circuit or something, but for now he wants to wrestle every week. Well, you know what? The TNT championship to me represents someone who should be wrestling on TV every week. So if Brian Danielson is gonna do these like open challenges and fight everyone, he might as well be the champion that does that. So I think. Probably like maybe they have like a new year, pay-per-view or something or some sort of event. Do it there. Have them an open challenge for Sammy. Danielson answers it. He wins it. And he holds that thing for a while and just wrestles and defends it every week. And then whoever does eventually beat him for it, that'll be a big spot for them. So that's my hope. Brian Danielson loses clean the Man, but then wins the TNT title from Vlogboy. JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC knows. Very rarely on this
1: podcast do I agree with you. Yeah, because it's a
0: Brian Nielsen hope. So I got you fucking full chub but, over there.
1: Of course, you're gonna agree. But very rarely, very very rarely do I ever call you a genius. I think that was genius. I think that Thank was you. absolute genius. So I really. This is what f-
0: happens when I actually think
1: out my hopes? Oh, I know. I know. I thought <laughs> I, I was listening to this and I was like, "Yeah, why aren't? They? I mean, I'm sure they are doing it, but I'm like, why? Yeah, why? Isn't I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It points into all logic. So I, yeah, I, I can't disagree with it at all. I, I, I find no fault in what you state. Uh, My hope is uh, not as good as that one, but probably decent in my mind. I was thinking about this a lot, especially after Friday. I think I'm ready for Brock Lesnar to win the championship again. I want Brock Lesnar. Here's my hope. I want Brock Lesnar to win the championship. I think it's inevitable. I think it needs to happen because this version of Brock Lesnar is kind of something we haven't seen before. It's a little different. And I think he can give a lot more back this way. Uh, by by helping people uh, in, in being a monster baby face instead of a monster heel that everybody could be uh, afraid of. However, additionally to my hope, this is really my hope here, I want Brock to have eh, an okay reign, but what I would really like here is sometime in June or July for Sami Zayn to win Money in the Bank and hold on to it and wait for his moment to undo what was done to him and... He will pin and cash in on Brock Lesnar and run, run, run away as fast as humanly possible. Because I saw that and went, what a fucking moment that would be. What a fucking story that would be. I would, I would, now obviously Sammy may or not stick around so this may never happen. But if he does, that would be, he is, he is, he is the poster boy for maybe not a Seth Rollins cash-in, but maybe the next year down, like a definitive cash-in that you'll remember for the rest of your life. I think this could be it. So I love the character. I think the cash-in would be just stunning in general. A shocker. But I think that the the setup is there. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Come on, Brock. Be a good guy. Hashtag Brock's the best. Money. These are probably the best hope segment of actual hopes we've had in
0: a while that is money i like that i you know i'm a big full circle guy so that coming full circle and you know we all love sammy Zayn, and i'm a big moment guy i'm with you good job we're gonna move on because that's leaving
1: a sour taste you didn't even call me a beat. genius but that's we're okay. being
0: too nice to each other i'm not even gonna bear your hashtag don't call it a comeback he's been here for years literally uh but nestlemania all the johnny all this stuff i was in my feels You know, we like to make fun of TJ. Obviously, once again, go to Jabberknocker.com. Read TJ's love letter to Johnny Gargano on uh, our website because it is great, and it is true, and TJ has been his biggest fan forever. And Johnny Gargano has been, like, the staple of NXT for a while. He has been the consistency. He's done it all. He has earned it all. He's been loved by all. But I was in my feels this week knowing that this really could be it, and who knows? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We don't know. Obviously, um, you know, going to be like a new dad and everything. So maybe he just takes some time off before he does his next steps. But I think kind of like how I felt about Adam Cole. I want to see him on the main roster. And I think SmackDown would be a good fit. And I think the Royal Rumble would be a cool thing. Like he leaves the NXT maybe really open-ended tonight and people think he's going to go to AEW. He can continue to tease things on social media, but then when the Rumble comes, he shows up, I think it would be an amazing pop and he has rebel heart back. Keep using that music. I thought his gear during that match was awesome. I guess I didn't really get too deep into it for that match. Cause I wanted to kind of give Johnny his time here because like I said, you and I like to make fun of TJ for it, and I think Gargano. It's one of those things. That I always respect him because of what he does. He has been incredible. The consistency, the growth that he's had, being a baby face, doing this in as a heel, creating a stable in the way, really helping Austin and Indy, really bring themselves to the next level. We obviously see what Austin is doing. I think Indy's someone else who could really be a big star, and I think the way has really helped with that. So Johnny Gargano gets my comeback because I felt it this week, man. Right here. He's the heart of that. He's been the heart of NXT, and oh, I, I thought, felt it all right here in my heart. I thought
1: you had agitator. Okay. Well, you were doing this, so I, I didn't know if you needed you know me to call touching my heart. emergency line or anything. Okay. Heart, heartstrings, rebel heart. Uh, well, that's a good comeback. And yes, go to jabberknocker.com to go see TJ's wonderful uh, pen letter to um, one Jar- Jonathan Gargano. Uh, but my comeback this week goes to Dewdrop. Because I actually really love this dew drop and uh excuse me. Dew drop. I can't even fucking talk right now. The dew drop and Bel Air match. I thought that was great. They teased the KOD, which I was like, oh no fucking way, they're gonna do this right now. They're gonna save for that. They're gonna save that for for a big moment. Not in Memphis. Uh but uh I thought it was a great idea for that to happen. They kinda like paused it before Survivor series and all that stuff. So I was kind of interested in seeing what was happening here because I think Bianca needs a they did, they did the right thing. They didn't McIntyre her. You know what I mean? It's kind of a verb now, but uh, is what it is. Uh, but Dewdrop was kind of floundering after the Eva Marie thing, and we didn't know where that was going to go. And then she kind of started and stopped with Bel Air. So it's nice that they unpaused her and unthawed her in a way. So I, I watched this matchup, and I went, there was nothing wrong with this match at all. It was great from start to finish. Probably one of the best matches of the week. And I thought that uh, Dewdrop... I mean we are we obviously know when Bianca's on our television. I I feel bad discounting it because it's not discounting it, but I feel like when Bianca's on my TV, I watch no matter what. However, 100%. but do drop, I've always kind of been a fan of Dewdrop anyway, but I feel like she's kind of had like this weird kind of thing going on. This is the first kind of week where I went, Yeah, I see it. Let's go. Let's go. So she's getting my comeback. I like it. Um, I I
0: kind of didn't really want to get deep into this uh, match because I knew this is where you were going. But what I think really made this really worthwhile for me is they've let this feud really breathe a little bit before they've gotten in the ring. Because they've kind of set it up for since before Survivor Series and stuff. It's a fresh matchup that we haven't seen. Um, we talk about all the time that there's only, there seems to be a small percentage of women in WWE that get those longer matches. So this is by far a Dewdrop's longer match. And I thought she looked great. I thought her and Bianca did well together. But the thing to me, which really made this cool, was Bianca doesn't get challenged strength wise very often in the ring because she is such an incredible athlete. But with Dewdrop, she could match Belair's strength. Maybe even have more of it. And so I kind of love that as a little extra in this match because it was we've seen Bianca dominate so many other people that I thought it was really cool here to see someone that could match her strength. These guys, these women were a great matchup for each other. And I agree, it was one of my favorite matches of the week.
1: All right, I think it's time to get a big old finish. What do we got, AW and NXT? Yes, we've pretty much already previewed NXT with the
0: O'Reilly Wagner and the Gargano addressing his future. Um, But we can go to AEW. Dynamite, as I didn't check this morning, they could have added more. But from what I know, there are four matches booked, and that includes the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. WrestleMania. does MJF get his third Dynamite Diamond ring?
1: I would imagine, because it's supposedly going to be in Bizarro World, that he will win again. Because I think that, to me, I couldn't give a shit about that ring. I know they're trying to make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it only matters because it's on his finger. Yeah, I, I mean if you give it to anybody else, I don't think it matters. You know, it's his one it's honestly like he doesn't have the championship. That's his one claim to fame. He's got a you know a giant ring on his finger. It's fine. And it's part of his persona. So I think if you give it to anybody else, it's stupid.
0: Well, here's how here's how you do it if you're not. If you have punk somehow screw MJF, you have Wardlow win it and give the ring to MJF. MJF makes Wardlow give him the ring and declare him the winner. That's the way you do it because It gets more heat on MJF. He keeps the reign and it kind of continues to build that little bit of sympathy for Wardlow is when is he going to blow up on this guy? I think that would be cool because Wardlow winning this match would be a big moment in his career. And for MJF not to be happy and recognize that for him and force him to give him the reign. I think that would be a cool little thing to continue everything. They've been kind of building with this whole thing. So uh, that's the way I would do it. If I were them,
1: I don't doubt it. I think that's a good idea. It's a really good idea.
0: Next up, we have a very good women's matchbook for this week. My girl, Jamie Hayter, taking on Riho. Who you got?
1: I love me some Jamie Hayter, so uh, I got to go with her. I think Riho, unfortunately, is going to win, actually. I'm going to talk myself yeah. out of it. Yeah, obviously, she's going to win. She's <laughs> an Oklahoma contender, I yeah, think. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, nobody loses uh, statistically, I guess, if you're challenging, uh, especially if you already pinned DMD. So, is what it is. We have
0: the re- weekly Daniel Bryan Open Challenge versus Crappy Dark Order. Uh, Johnny Hungy gets the shot this week. Daniel, uh, Bryan Danielson's going to win.
1: Uh, yeah, but I think that, uh, this will be a fun match. I think, I think, yeah, this is probably the,
0: the best part of the dark
1: order. Yeah. Johnny Hungy is the best part of the dark, dark, order. And I think he does a great job. So uh, the fact that Daniel Bryan calls him a clown and I'm like, you're the same guy in team helm No, So it's a little pot, <laughs> pot me kettle, but whatever, it's fine. And then we have the young
0: bucks taking on Rocky Romero and Chuck Taylor who called himself one of the pillars of
1: AW. I want to vomit. So yeah, that matches what it is. I don't, I don't care about the, it's a six man tag anyway, but, or is it, or is it, I don't even know. I think it's a two
0: on two. Uh,
1: Who cares? Either way. The Young
0: Bucks wanted to get
1: back to tag team wrestling and they
0: told the best friends to give us the best two you got. And this is what they came up with.
1: Yeah. This is the best two they
0: had would have been Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander, but that's just me. That's true. That's
1: very true, but they're not going to do that. So uh, moving on
0: yeah that's uh, that's all i got for aw in case i missed something but as always you should check out the aw weekly write ups from our boy the joe stopper as well as nxt and impact from our boy dom we mentioned TG's article all available on jobbernocker.com. it is the holiday season so please go to tpublic.com jobber knocker get your merch so you can be looking good this winter all sorts of shit uh five stars five flames on all podcasting platforms like comment we appreciate it tweeted us at jobber knocker the entire staff's handles are in the front of this podcast Facebook, Jobber Knocker, Instagram, Jobber Knocker, because we're everywhere you want to be on social media, in Mania, and obviously it is December. So that means towards the end of this month, we will do our 2021 2021- Golden Knocker awards will be given out. Uh, We will have that for you later this month. So something to get ready for. It's our favorite show to do of the year. The results are starting to be tabulated uh, from the staff, but we will give out our official picks and give out. We each have a set of knockers to give out for each category. So those will come back to you sooner rather than later. So get ready. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: I just as we were talking, I was just I haven't heard it, but I have uh, our voiceover artist has starting to send me uh, his. His introductions and his nominees. Like so it. Uh, again, I I get, I get excited every year. I think TJ says this is his favorite besides Thirty Hopes. So I it's always a good time. So make, it's make sure it's my favorite it show sure to record
0: every year for sure. It,
1: make sure to check it out. It's gonna be there as a stocking stuffer for you guys. Most likely, I would think, before the holidays. We'll find out. Uh but anyway, we hope you enjoyed this week at the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber knockery. <laughs> <Good morning, everybody. laughs> Bubble wrap.